Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. This week's lesson is entitled Ancient Stories of Wisdom. Please welcome Reverend George Wolfe. Hello and welcome to Converging Streams. Today we are going to look at a tradition which is very old. It is the tradition of storytelling. In many of the great religions, there is a great oral tradition of stories which convey wisdom. It's a very effective way to teach, and it was a tradition which was very lively and active before we had writing. We're going to look at some stories from three of the major religious traditions, the first being the Native American tradition. Then we will look at some stories from the Jewish tradition, and finally, stories from the Taoist tradition, which is a branch of Buddhism. The first story from the Native American tradition is called The Fish and the Rainbow. And on one level, it's a way of explaining in an entertaining way how the rainbow trout got its rainbow, which can be seen on the side of the fish. But as you will see, the story has much more profound meaning than that. And the story goes like this. There was a fish which was enjoying swimming in his pond. And one day after a storm, he looks up in the sky and sees a beautiful rainbow. And it was so beautiful, the fish asked himself, how might I get that rainbow? How could I have that rainbow for myself? And he was so moved by the rainbow that he decided that he would go up into the sky to talk to the god of the sky and ask if he could have the rainbow. And indeed, that's what he did. He journeyed up into the sky and asked the god of the sky if he could have that beautiful rainbow. The god of the sky said, No, I'm sorry. (laughs) You cannot have that rainbow. That rainbow is for everybody to enjoy. It's also for you to enjoy. So when you're swimming in the pond, you can look up and you can behold the beautiful rainbow in the sky after a storm. Well, the fish wasn't really satisfied with that, but he goes back into his pond and begins swimming and thinking, asking himself, still, how could he possibly have that rainbow? He wanted it so badly. Then he had an idea. One night, when the god of the sky was sleeping, The fish in the pond snuck up into the sky, and he stole the rainbow. In the morning, when the god awoke, he looked around, and lo and behold, the rainbow was gone. And he said to himself, What happened to my rainbow? Where did it go? And he looked in the east. He looked in the west. He looked towards the north, and he looked towards the south, and wherever he looked, There was no rainbow. Then all of a sudden, he had an idea. He realized and he remembered that the fish had come up asking him for the rainbow, and he suspected perhaps the fish had taken the rainbow. So he goes down to the pond where the fish was, and lo and behold, there is the rainbow. And the god of the sky said, What have you done? Why did you take the rainbow? And the fish says, I wanted it so badly for myself. And the god of the sky said to the fish, Okay, very well. 
You can have the rainbow, but I will place the rainbow on your side so that you will never be able to enjoy it. And the moral of the story is then, if you steal something, you may be able to get away with it. You may be able to have it, but you will never be able to enjoy it. That's a beautiful little story, isn't it? I used to tell it to my children when they were young, and they always used to ask for it. It's one of their favorite stories. The next story we have also comes from the Native American tradition, and it is a story about the first man and how the first man learned how to live. When the first man awoke in the field where he was created, he looked around, and he didn't know anything about how to live. He didn't know what to eat. He didn't know where to live, where to sleep, didn't know how to hunt. Then came along a bear. And the man started following the bear, and he realized that it was the bear who was to teach him how to live. So he follows the bear around, and he sees the bear eating berries. And the man decides to eat the berries and and experiences how good they taste. And then the man follows the bear, and the bear goes into the river and pulls a fish out of the river. And so the man learns to fish by imitating the bear. The bear had his claws on his hand and stabbed the fish with his claws. So the man made a spear so he could go in and stab the fish. He followed the bear around further, and the bear would go into a cave to sleep. And so the man went into a cave to sleep as well, realizing that that could be his home. And in this way, the bear taught the man how to live. But as the summer drew to a close and winter started to come on, the man looked around and saw that the food seemed to be becoming rather scarce. He didn't exactly know what he would do. And he became scared, and he decided then to kill the bear so he could eat the bear and have some food. That was most unfortunate because the bear was about to teach the man how to hibernate. But the man killed the bear before the bear could teach the man how to hibernate. And that's why we have to struggle to get through the winter. Those two stories come from the Native American tradition. Now I'd like to tell you a story which comes from the Hasidic tradition in Judaism. The Hasidic tradition in Judaism is known for its mysticism. And it has a tradition of great masters or sages, which go back many, many centuries. And many of the Hasidic stories in Judaism are about sages who are the rabbis, wise rabbis of a particular area or particular town who taught in a school or who simply taught in a synagogue. And there is a story about a rabbi who was sitting along, side on the street, and along came a man who had a, was carrying a, a big burden on his shoulder and was very much in a hurry. And so he's struggling along very, very quickly, trying to keep pace with what he has to do. And the rabbi says to him, oh, Sir, where are you going? What are you doing? And the man, looking at the rabbi, who was simply sitting along the street, watching him do all the work, The man said to the rabbi, I am pursuing my livelihood. And the rabbi said, How do you know it is out in front of you? Perhaps it is behind you, 
and all you need to do is be still. I find that a story which uh, could be a reflection on that verse in the Psalms, be still and know that I am God. There are many other stories uh, which come from the Hasidic Jewish tradition, and a large collection of them can be found in a book by a great philosopher and writer named Martin Buber. Now, Martin Buber converted to Judaism, and he was so intrigued by the Hasidic tradition that he compiled all these beautiful and ancient uh, Hasidic tales and placed them in a book called Tales of the Hasidim, the Early Masters. And here's another one which comes from Martin Buber's collection of Hasidic tales. When Rabbi Schmelk was called to Nicholsburg in Moravia, a certain custom prevailed in that congregation. Every new rabbi was asked to note down in the chronicle some new regulation which was to be followed from that time on. Rabbi Schmelk also was asked to do this, but he put it off from day to day. He looked at each and every one and postponed noting anything in the book. He looked at them more and more closely and over and over and put off writing until the people gave him to understand that the delay was becoming unduly long. Then Rabbi Schmelk went to where the chronicle lay, and he wrote down the Ten Commandments. Here's another story about Rabbi Schmelk. A disciple asked the rabbi, We are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves. How can I do this if my neighbor has wronged me? The rabbi answered, You must understand these words aright. Love your neighbor like something which you yourself are. For all souls are one. Each is a spark from the original soul, and this soul is wholly inherent in all souls, just as your soul is in all members of your body. It may come to pass that your hand makes a mistake and strikes you, but would you then take a stick and chastise your hand because it lacked understanding and so increase your pain? It is the same if your neighbor, who is of one soul with you, wrongs you for lack of understanding. If you punish him, you only hurt yourself. And finally, another story from the Hasidic tradition in Judaism, which is about the rabbi of Lublin. They asked the rabbi of Lublin, Why is it that in the holy book of splendor, the turning to God, which corresponds to the emanation understanding, is called mother? He explained, When a man confesses and repents, when his heart accepts understanding and is converted to it, he becomes like a newborn child, and his own turning to God is his mother. Finally, here is a story from the Taoist tradition. Now, Taoism is a branch of Buddhism, and many of these beautiful stories were written down by a philosopher named Shuang Tzu. And this particular book I am reading from is called The Complete Works of Shuang Tzu. It was translated by Burton Watson and is published by Columbia University Press. Here is a beautiful story, one of my favorites from the Taoist tradition. 
Master Song Hu said, Have you never heard about Lin Hui, the man who fled from Chai? He threw away his jade disc worth a thousand measures of gold, strapped his little baby on his back, and hurried off. Someone said to him, Did you think of it in terms of money? Surely a little baby isn't worth much money. Or were you thinking of the bother? But a little baby is a great deal of bother. Why, then, throw away a jade disc worth a thousand measures of gold and hurry off with a little baby on your back? Lin Hui replied, The jade disc and I were joined by profit, but the child and I were brought together by heaven. Things joined by profit, when pressed by misfortune and danger, will cast each other aside. But things brought together by heaven, when pressed by misfortune and danger, will cling to one another. I hope you've enjoyed this little excursion into the tales of wisdom from Native American, Jewish, and Taoist traditions. I should remind you, though, that everybody, every family has stories like this. I remember my mother telling stories of things that happened to her in real life, which turned out to have very profound meaning. So I would encourage you to treasure the storytellers in your own families, and you will find that there is wisdom everywhere. This is George Wolfe for Converging Streams. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, interfaith fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolfe, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.